See, I hope I hope Kenny gets a good cut before Gullen. I hope he gets cut a wee bit more. He gets Gary, right over his no skis. But fucking he's, way he's... in hell that that guy is beating him. He's gonna shoot it. <laughs> it's just it's, it's a short course, and I'm giving him still eight. being recorded, still being recorded, <laughs> still being recorded. See if it was match play, and I was giving him a shot a hole. Yeah, I think he would have a decent chance. Yeah, yeah. But see, because it's stroke play, he's going to throw in a couple of like eights and nines and stuff, and that's that's just going to tally up. He's out with a driver now. Now I'm not sure this is right. Would somebody kindly go and stop him? Give him a large brandy and pop him down. No, this this really is beyond a joke now. He's he's, he's gone gaga because this is uh, this is quite. I've never seen anything like it before, and to attempt to hit the ball out of there is pure madness. Seen a worse goal shot? No, answer the question. It's terrible. This could be good. Come in. This could be good. Looks better than it is, folks. Not bad. Hello. Welcome along, everybody. And, uh, yeah, welcome back once again after a pretty lengthy layoff to the official, the original and the best RACDG podcast going. Uh, my name's Gary. Uh, you'll probably recognise me. And I'm joined today... Uh, by Aaron from Luxembourg, Aaron Lemon, who's uh, been spearheading us to come back on and do this uh, particular podcast. So uh, if this is rubbish, uh, he's entirely to blame. And making his third appearance on the podcast, I think, is uh, this year's captain, Mr. Matt Webb. We will hopefully be joined by Crawford, as always, at some point in the future. He's running a bit late just now. It might well mean that the podcast actually lasts less than an hour, um, but yeah, don't hold out too much hope yet. It should be along a little bit later on. But gentlemen, first of all, uh, just hello. How are you doing, Aaron? We'll start with you. How's things? Um, yeah, all good. All good. I, I sort of messaged you to discuss this because it's been too long. You need to give the people what they want, so I thought we should get it fired up again. And uh, Matt, speaking of giving the people what they want, you're back on. How are you? Yeah, the uh, the cease and desist hasn't quite hit the lawyers yet, so uh, still here. Matt Wayne, it's a quick hello from me. It's been a long time. We've not spoken in quite a while, but I just wanted to say hi. Um, I hope you're still doing well, and uh, we're missing you here tonight. We're uh, drinking a couple of glasses for you, and um, we'll speak to you next year. Matt Wayne, cheers. Uh, yeah, all good here, all good. Um, one yeah. major down, which I'm sure we'll get to, but uh, yeah, three to go. Well, in fact, we're going to get to that first, uh, Matt, because it's the first thing that I wrote down in my very, very rough notes of a running order. You're quite right. We're one major down. We're well into the season just now. The order of merits kicked off. Uh, we're looking ahead to second majors. We've got loads of other meetings, loads of other events in the next couple of weeks, couple of months upcoming. But yeah, we'll start at the start. We'll start with the 2022 McKenzie Cup. Um, from my money, a very, very successful, a very enjoyable major. Um, talk us through it, Matt, the courses, the events themselves, the dinner, uh, highlights, lowlights, all that sort of stuff. I'll open the floor to you and let you just um, let you verbally spew about it. Oh, brilliant. Um, yeah, so first first major of my tenure was uh, beginning of April, kind of Masters weekend, up kind of what I call north, but a lot of people call south. Um, so we're up kind of Manchester slash... Derbyshire Way, um, so Reddish Vale and Cavendish Golf Club, both Alistair McKenzie courses, um, both 
fairly quirky one slightly Reddish more quirky I've got some fucking takes on Reddishville but I'll let you carry on but I think a lot of people have got a lot of takes about that place it's um I thought yeah. Reddishville was a perfectly good golf course that yeah, basically yeah. just it exposed it exposed you know strengths and weaknesses in people's games and some of us were able to get 38 points out of Reddish Wales because, because you know, we because were good golfers. The rest of you lots. just struggled, that's all I'm going to say. But how the fuck did you score that many points? Out of bounds on 14 of 18 holes. like Because I, I because I didn't go out of bounds once, Matt. That's why. Fucking hell. So, Matt, my theory was, and you'll probably subscribe to this as a fellow low man, but uh, my theory on Reddish Vale was... Uh, um, severely severely favored the high handicapper um and really stunted the low handicapper now what i did say was it was a terrible course for good players so what was happening is everybody that wanted to feel like they were a good player was saying yes i agree with you um whether they did or not i think there is um there is definitely something in that in reddish vale i think that it's one of those courses that it forces everyone to have fuck-ups and of course whenever you're a high handicapper like me you have fuck-ups all the time anyway so it doesn't really bother you yeah. <laughs> but for people like you guys you were getting like when you're having a drop three because you've gone ob that just messes you yeah. up it doesn't really bother me because i'm used to it also know, the ob's I, are all on the left and i hit the ball right whenever i messed it up so it wasn't so bad i know fine well i cost myself at least six or seven points by terrible decision making not bad shots but terrible decision making because uh, there was a lot of short holes and as Mr. Webb said 14 of 18 holes had out of bounds and it wasn't just out of bounds in some you know far away magical place it was out of bounds tight there was, yeah, there was a par 3 with an out of bounds on the fringe of the green like uh, the out of yeah. bounds the out of bounds is that the term the out of bounds were very <laughs> um, very much in play they, but they uh, were yeah, Matt, sorry I, I've just kind of uh, railroaded you there first of all say hello to Crawford Crawford hello hello <laughs> and uh, second of all, we bitch about uh, 27 points from Reddish Vale. But, so we had Reddish Vale, we had Cavendish, and kind of fill in the gaps from there about the evening uh, of in the hotel and the, the lovely spa uh, that you and I shared uh, yes. the following morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've obviously finished around Reddish. Um, very kind of odd. Um, before we went out there, there was a load of members in there. We were trying to order some food, and they were like, "No, you can't, you can't eat in here." As they were proceeding to order thirty-three sandwiches and eat them in front of our faces, which is quite a welcome. But, um, but yeah, we went to the to the hotel, which was um, uh, which was lovely. Stayed at the lovely Shrigley Hall, recently refurbed, and um, Cad had been there before, so it came highly, highly recommended. Um, it didn't have a gold lift the last time I was there. It, no, it didn't. It, did. it was, that was um, caught us out when we when we got there. A nice gold plated lift, which was um, impressive. My room had not been refurbed. My room was one. There was a couple of wings of old rooms, and my bathroom looked like something at a prisoner cell block H. You're yeah, from Glasgow, there. mate. We were making yeah, you feel like from home. <laughs> when they heard you checking in, we're like, we know where to stick it. Maybe fine in there. That's, know, five, that's just, five star. Uh, Sitting in the corner of my room, like flicking my switch on and off, being amazed at light on, light off. But yeah, it was uh, the the room was uh, on the dated side. But apart from that, yeah, brilliant hotel, very good atmosphere in the evening. We had the last day of the Masters, um, which was good fun. Thirty odd of us in the uh, the lodge. What was it? The lodge it was called, which was its own kind of standalone bar for the golf, the resort golf course that they have there. Um, where we got to watch the final day, which was highlighted by maybe a Rory McIlroy mega run up through the field where he had 0.0000% chance of winning the Masters. Um, but we were cheering whole bunker shots and birdie putts and eagles uh, after a few beers and really enjoying ourselves. 
Yeah, it was good. Yeah. It was um, we were kind of stood in that bar or sat in that bar watching, and it was random because there were like thirty three, I think, of us all sat there cheering, making daft noises when Rory did something stupid. Um, and in the middle of the room were two old boys just sort of sat there. One must have been wondering what the fuck was going on. Um, to which you I think, just think it was... this place is fucking. That was your first time there, and they were going home. Going, by the way, some atmosphere in this place on a Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> this place is fucking bouncing on a Sunday think... night. They take all their mates down next Sunday, and there's nobody there. And they're like, no, honestly, there was like 35 guys. <laughs> was... This fat Scottish guy had no top on, and there was like pints everywhere. It was brilliant. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was Manish. It might have been Les. It's easily confusing. Um, <laughs> might, have, might have turned around. And, I think he turned around and went. Give it twenty minutes. These old boys will be in the chat soon. I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, you know what? They might well be." But yeah, shout out James Allen. We had that, and then so that was a Sunday night. We had the dinner booked. We had the the evening of. Then the next morning, we went down to Cavendish, mm. which was of course a few of the guys, mainly the six over par guys, who played before in their pursuits uh, last year. But it was the first time many of us had played that. I think Cavendish was maybe a bit more cultured, a little bit. Proper, more of a bit more proper, a bit a bit more of a proper golfing test than Reddish was. The thing I that, think the the reviews on that were pretty much unanimously positive. We had a great day there. We got battered by the wind. It was more yeah. 30, 35 all day. A few of the groups got really bad rain as well. However, in saying that. Uh, probably better overall scoring than there was uh, at Reddish Field the day before. And Matt, I'll let you take this away, but it came down to a thrilling conclusion. Oh, absolutely thrilling. So we'd we'd effectively crowned a winner at the end of regulation play until Mr Numbers, John Arsha, decided to sort of actually add things up properly and realised that we had a uh, we had a tie between first first major attendee Ryan Keeney and uh, an habitual um, major player, Chris Rogerson, who were tied on, oh, I can't remember, 68 points, 60, I think. 68. Disappointingly, one shot was, 69. Um, Aaron, were you out with the final group? No, I was. No, Crawford was. Were you second yeah, last group? Yeah, yeah. Second last. Crawford, I, you were, I, sorry, I, I was not expecting Crawford to be out with the final group there. Sorry, that's, that's just <laughs> old habits. Crawford described to us um, the, the, the two men, obviously, out in the final group. There wasn't really much of a chance of anybody making a run uh, from the rear just due to the conditions. Nobody was going to come flying through the pack, so it was always going to be uh, that final uh, four ball where the winner was going to come from. So... What was it like? Was it quite nervy and tense? Were you all trying to kind of play it well, down? Were you playing like shit? I did hear Ryan say uh, after eventually winning, by the way, Ryan Keeney eventually was the winner after a 100-yard playoff hole. But he was saying that he had a good talking to himself uh, at the turn. He'd been to the gym in the morning while me and Mr. Wade were polishing off two fry-ups each. He'd been in at the gym, stretching, limbering up. He was taking it very seriously. So what was the kind of mood and the feeling on that four ball? Um well, I think before we get to that, one thing I will point out is that um, much like the uh, golfers of Northern Ireland, who pound for pound are the best golfing nation in the United Kingdom, in that final four ball, three of us were for Northern Ireland. Admittedly, Ryan is in a skill and it doesn't really count. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so three of us in there. So we had we spent most of the time playing, and uh, the one no one who was it? Who was the fourth person again? I forgot who was in the, with the group with us. Doesn't matter, does it? Well, not really. So um, but uh, yeah, but uh, he didn't really understand what we said most of the day. We just talked in <laughs> tongues. Um, and uh, the ground was, we all kind of, to be honest with you, the front nine, we were all 
pretty much very steady. We, we all knew that we were all with each other the whole way. Nobody was sitting at a light, but we were all getting lots of uh, bogeys for two points because we all had lots of lots of shots. And then uh, on the back nine, I had a complete collapse. Um, and uh, that's when Ryan decided that he would actually play hey, Crawford, some golf. Are you trying to tell me that your golf game wasn't sustainable over 36 holes? Is that, <laughs> is that what you're trying to tell me? It's, it's staggering and surprising to hear that, Gary, but yes. <laughs> I'm surprised it lasted 27, to be honest with you. The really incredible thing is that for you to collapse, you have to start hitting eights and nines, because that's when you start not getting <laughs> points. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I would just like to point out. The golf saying, course turned against me, Aaron. <laughs> you're saying he was the last person. So the other person in your group was uh, was Phil Myers, um, who right, shout yeah. out Phil, who uh, who had originally asked for an early tea time on the at Cavendish because he needed to get back, and then realised he was he was leading. So when actually I've cancelled what I'm doing, can uh, can I go out in the last group now, please? <laughs> so he could That's go out right, in the last yeah. group, but sadly, and, and, and sadly honestly, didn't come home with Phil, the W. Phil played really well in the front nine, and he was just he got into the back nine. He didn't actually play that badly. It was just one of those he just he would bleed a shot every hole. Like he'd get five and sixes, and by the time he got round like sort of fifteenth, sixteenth hole, it was like oh. Kind so of, to set the scene, we'd all come in. Everybody was sitting uh, in the clubhouse, waiting on the final group coming in, and um, we'd kind of run up the like. 18th fairway hours later. Yeah, like, do you know what? I got I got a dinner and a half uh, eaten in that time, so I was quite happy. But we were waiting on the final group coming down. Um, we found out it was Chris and it was Ryan, and I think the situation was Ryan had a shot on that hole, but he'd already hit one more, so it was all kind of level pegging at that point. And it's really difficult to put this in a nice way, but Chris absolutely shat the bed. He, he three-jabbed it, didn't he? This was, this was the definition of a pillow fight under pressure. These boys were... <laughs> these boys, they, they, from 100 yards, they stuck it to 60 feet and they tackled them down the hill and greens that were running about a six. It was... They were both work. absolute pish on, on the 18th <laughs> hole. But can I can I just point out and remind everyone that I stuck it on the green with a great approach shot and made two putt for a five. Doesn't Thank matter. you very much. Doesn't matter. You played yourself out of it. <laughs> the worst part about what Ryan did is Ryan for the last year or so has been in an ongoing competition with us to break 80. And he was telling me how good his game was, the shape that his game was, how seriously he was taking it, and that he fancied there was a 79 in there for him. Not only did he not shoot 79, he shot 89 and then still won the stupid fucking competition <laughs> with an 89. And then, yeah, we, uh, we we calculated the scores up wrong. So Chris, at first, three jab from about 20 feet after leaving the first one, four or five feet short, to think he'd lost. But it turns out he'd actually got himself into a playoff. And then we went to the 100-yard playoff where Chris did. Th- and it was it was bottom groove. I was standing beside it. It, it could not have been any lower in the club face. Um, a good 20 yards past the hole. And um, then, yeah, proceeded to leave two putts short while Ryan cozied his um, decent, albeit uh, decent wedge, up to about three or four feet and tapped in. So he is... Uh, as he's reminded us on many, many occasions, the McKenzie uh, Cup champion. Hopefully with his winnings, he, he will be able to buy himself um, some sort of uh, golf uh, three-quarters up that fits and isn't hugging his, uh, hugging his childbearing hips for dear life. Uh, but yeah, congratulations, Ryan. That was the McKenzie Cup. Anybody get any just kind of general thoughts or... Uh, anything that they want to bring up about the McKenzie before we move on to the next thing. Can, can we just circle back to Reddish? I feel like we passed over that quite quickly. 
Mm. That place is absolutely fucking mental. Like, yeah. I, I know that we said that, and, and saying 14 out of 18 will be, but let's think about 15, 15 16, 17, 18, and, like, to describe them objectively. Eight, working backwards, 18, you have to hit it 180 yards to a 70-yard, I don't know what degree slope that is, but, like... <laughs> it was playing 20 yards longer. Things. It was it yeah. was twenty yards yeah. twenty yards uphill. It was it was put it this way. You, you, if, if if it had been wet, you would have needed crampons to get up there. <laughs> yeah, I can't, someone in my group reckons. I think there's someone in my group was like someone. Someone's definitely died walking up that hill. It's <laughs> it, was, it was steep. Danny's gold day game died walking up that hill. <laughs> it was a, it was a tough tough walk. I think what was so difficult about it was. The course, especially the back nine, was super, super, super risk-reward. So I think the, the the trap I fell into and a few people fell into was they had a bit of a kind of ugh, meh front nine and decided I'm going to go chase 20 points in the back nine. And there was a few par fours and par fives in the scorecard that were very gettable and very drivable. And then you stood up to the hole and it's just like... Well, one hole there was water behind the hole, which I didn't know, and it was uh, only until I walked over the green and, and seen that my ball was in said water behind the hole that I realised there was water behind the hole but there was ones where it was OB all the way down the right hand side there was bridges there was water there was mega steep inclines and um, if I played it again I would just start hitting six irons and wedges into holes rather than uh, trying to hit hero shots for birdies but but it is the most mental place I've ever seen for OB. So on the 17th, there's a river that runs down the left-hand side of the hole. And the river is OB. Like, why is the river not OB and not just a lateral hazard you can drop out of? Why? It's just ridiculous. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand the logic of that. Like, oh, I, my, my, the same river is OB on 16, isn't it? Yeah. But my problem yeah. with so, 16 was the fact that... seven as well. If you had it out there to, like, too hot, like... 200s, the hole is about 320, 330, whatever. If you had it out there about 200, from that point, you kind of have to leave your bag because you have to walk 150, 200 yards back right. to the previous tee. Like that doesn't... That's right, the 17th tee is literally next to the 16th tee. You've got to walk <laughs> into our 16th hole and then walk it all the way back again. That's a long fucking walk when you've just made a 7, by the way. <laughs> a long... I stood on the 16th tee deliberating for about 20 minutes over whether to hit a driver or a 3-wood because it was 273 to the front. And uh, I had the driver on 3-wood and I went back to a driver and went back to the 3-wood. Wind was down... Like shit, like taking this all in properly. I just come off a birdie as well. I was ready to make some points, and then a fucking stone cold topped it in front of myself straight into the OB, and it didn't fly into the OB, didn't sail into the OB. Kind of pathetically bopped in, (laughs) and then just rolled past the stake, and then just stopped about a yard past the stake, as if to say, "Nah, fuck you." That was terrible. (laughs) But um, second ball out there with six iron, and then we plopped it on the green and made our putts or whatever. So. Yeah, it was yeah, so a, a I, lot of I, a lot of decision, smart decision making was needed off the tee there. It's the worst golf course I've ever played, but I also really enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I, actually, it like I, I actually enjoyed it though. I know obviously I played okay and, and, and I was like doing well at the end of it, but it's just a kind of crazy, kind of weird, little quirky place that I kind of like and I kind of think is a greens really sort of typical. Like model. if you get them on a quick yeah. day, it'd be like obscene. Yeah, place. Well, we were saying like if you're a member there, the scar tissue might you must have. Hmm. From that golf course on every it's hole, not, on every it's not a course to play three times a week and stick your medal cards in and stuff like that. It's mental. This week you've got the kind of growth of the Mackenzie courses. Actually, you've got Reddish, which is kind of very rough and ready. You move into Cavendish, which is a bit more polished around the edges. And if you come down south a bit, you move into Hadley Wood, which is pretty immaculate, but will also kick your face in 
um, yep. quite happily and and steal your lunch money. So it's like a perfect evolution of uh, of the McKenzie stuff. The one thing I'm having played more McKenzie courses. The one thing I'm beginning to realise is that the man loves a routine. I mean, he never just goes up and down a field, does he? No. He's like left and then right and then over here and back this way and round over yonder and like on the other side and back down this way. Like none of them are are simple. You're always walking off the green, going where the hell am I going next? I have no clue. When he designed Ready, she was either drunk, hard, just yeah, or or being on the, the crystal. Um, but the best part of the Mac for me, the entire thing, firstly was just James Allen being there in the first place. A man, James Allen, and we just we did allude to this earlier. But my favourite part of the whole weekend, and I'm going to share this story in its entirety because it's really good. <laughs> so Les joined us from Netherlands. Big shout out, Les. Les, a very well known and very tenured member of the RACDG, and he he showed up all the way uh, from Amsterdam and then took two practice swings in the net. His back went out, couldn't play. Uh, devastated for him, but he tried to make the best of his weekend. He came out, walked around with us, came to the dinner, had a drink, had a good time and everything like that. So that was fine. James was also playing with Manish um, in the first round as well. Now, the thing about Les and Manish in a group of predominantly middle-aged white men. They're the only two people of colour that were there um, who were both also bald. And that's a, that was that was the entirety <laughs> of what they have in common physically. They're both men of colour who are bald. Now, Les is about six foot six and a good 20 stone and a thick boy, as we say, and manages maybe about five foot eight, quite short, quite diminutive in stature. So James was also le- also Les is Dutch. Les is also Dutch. There's a bit of an accent thing going on there as well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so James uh, James Allen, God love him, was playing with Manny. Spent five hours playing with Manny uh, around the whole entire Reddish Vale course. Spent a bit of time together in the clubhouse after it, and then just as they're leaving, goes up to Manny and says. All right, mate, really sorry to hear about your back. Do you think you're going to be able to play tomorrow? Is that you? And Manny just looked at him. What? He's like, I'm sorry to hear about your back. And I think his reply was just, Do you think I'm Les? And uh, <laughs> that was that. So that that kept the majority of us uh, chuckling for the whole evening and uh, the breakfast the morning after. So that was my real highlight uh, behind the morning that me, you, uh, Crawford, Matt, and uh, who else was in with us? Chris? Jagger was, wasn't he? Maybe earlier. Oh, yeah, and uh, when we, we went to the uh, spa uh, the next morning, that was uh, great fun as well. We yeah. took full use of the early, what was it, the dawn rising 15 yeah, yeah. spa so, experience, which was twilight. Can I just add one story that this is this is an anecdote that hasn't been shared to quite quite a higher volume, right? So I, I just finished Reddish Vale and I was feeling whatever I was feeling. I just climbed that hill, couldn't really breathe. Or, uh, I think I had a, a, a comfortable six uh, to round off what had been a decent round. I was walking through the car park and I never met James before. I've spoken to him on text because he, he texted me to tell me he was a member at St Andrews, but I, I hadn't actually <laughs> spoken to him. <laughs> and so I was walking through the car park to, to Gav's car. I spent a lot of time with Gav uh, at the trip, absolute legend. But I was walking to the car and he'd obviously recognised me from being in the bar before and he shouts across the car park, Hey mate, how many points do you have? And I just sort of looked up, and I was, and I said whatever I was like thirty three, whatever. And he's like, "All right, what's your name?" 
<laughs> he sort of engaged me without actually knowing who I was, and I believed that speaking to him afterwards, he was checking up because he'd done the he'd done the draft or he'd done the Mac uh, tote, so he wanted to check if he'd bet on me, but he didn't know who I was. Um, <laughs> not for me. Not for me. Now, my the the only thing moment. is to be to be fair to James. There is an, like an issue, not an issue is the wrong word, but it does happen a lot even with me in the group. Now, there's so many of us, and often we go to events, and it's the first time that a lot of people have come to, to an event, and I don't know who they are. Yeah. Kind of Look at the people going trying to figure badges. out who they are. We do need name badges, yeah. As a name, there's, a, there's an order these things can happen in, and I'd probably go <laughs> introductions first, questions about four and seven. Let's <laughs> 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 points but um I, guess I was sat at dinner with you Crawford me you and Paul uh, and Miguel sat at dinner together and I said to you I'm having trouble putting a lot of names to faces and I went who the fuck's Miguel like looking around the room going where's this Miguel guy and he just was like he just looked at me and he went that's me and I just like laughed and I went nah you know what because I was I, I seen this guy Miguel Farad, Farad or was it Fred Farad come into yeah. the group and I was expecting this like long locks and a tan and everything like that and he looks like what's your man's name out eastenders like the, <laughs> the kind of bald, the <laughs> ginger one. But, <laughs> but i'm like i'm like who's it like and i'm like all right mate i <laughs> but yeah it's it's a real issue here um as uh james allen himself uh, found too uh, so that was the Mac 2022. Uh, on that, just on that note, I'm, I'm still not entirely sure Paul Smiley's old enough to be to be drinking. <laughs> <laughs> like he's the he's the youngest looking like whatever he's what 26, 27, 27, 28. 20, yeah, that was uh, that was another Alan Belter. We played uh, we played uh, up in Anstrotherway, and James had never met Paul, never spoke to Paul really. Only knew him from like the Scottish chat, and only knew that I'd kind of made a few wee, like, half-hearted jibes at Paul for being small, all in good fun. And uh, James just walked up to Paul. Paul didn't know who James was, could have been anybody, and he just walked up to him and went, fucking hell, you really are that small, aren't you? It's <laughs> 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 just opening gambit, so he's just got, but, he's got away with words. But fucking hell, he really is that small. Poet laureate, isn't he? Poet laureate. Having, having said that, the, 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 the guy is not that tall, but my God, can he hit a golf ball? Absolutely pounds this shit. I don't uh, that's why I don't, I don't slag him for his height anymore. He hits it very fast. Unless he gets a wedge in his end. Where are you going, Ben? That's the 18th fairway that you're going the wrong way down after teeing off the first. Right, well, we move on to point, point number two. So point number two, I think, kind of leads off the back of the Mac 2022. So a number of us, um, the number being around 10, jumped in the car and headed north after the Mac um, to St. Andrews. Um, for myself and a number of others, it was my it was my first experience being up there and um, just one of the best the best weeks of my life. Outstanding, just great company, uh, some good golf, and just such a high volume of things which... I love doing. Uh, Matt, Cad, you were both there as well. Um, I know that you've both been before, but how did that experience shape up to, uh, in comparison with your previous visits, given the context of it being kind of floggy? Uh, do you want to go first, Matt, or should I go first? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, well, I'll, 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 have, a, I'll have a chat. Um, yeah, so I'd only been up to St Andrews once. So it was just me and um, me and Matt West. We went up last year. Um, so to go up this time with a group of, sort of 10 
staying in a massive Airbnb altogether, um, sort of a couple of minutes from the old course. It was it was pretty funky. Um, obviously, all playing pretty much different courses um, on on the same day. So some would be off playing the Jubilee, some would be playing the Eden, some would go and then playing the new course, and then kind of getting together either at lunch or afterwards for a drink and having a chat about some of the worst holes out there and some of the good holes and whatever it was, it was awesome just to kind of share it with, share it with everyone. And obviously seeing the, um, I don't want to use the word excitement because it makes it like sound like toddlers at Christmas, but sort of the faces of people sort of seeing the, the first and 18th on the old course for the first time walking down, playing it, obviously played with, I picked Nick Smith up from Edinburgh airport um, after, after Cavendish and he'd like, it never been St Andrews before. It's supposed to have gone like twice, and COVID wrecked it. Um, with the first tea time out after four hours sleep on the on the Tuesday morning, and he's like, yeah, buzzing to to kind of be there and trying trying to take it all in. Um, so it was quite it was it was awesome to kind of see those reactions it, of people and. But it's it's Disneyland of lockers. I mean, that's just what yeah. it is. It's like there's nowhere else in the world like that. Everywhere we look is something that we can nerd out on. Whether it's just or the buy. golf courses. <laughs> Or yeah, or or the shops, or the or the RNA, or the building of the town. Everything's kind of iconic. They're building all of the um the uh, the stands as well for the 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 open. So they're all down the first. The stands are going up. So this looked really cool. It looked like and I said like one fiftieth in the stands, all the seats, and it was really fun. So it was my it's my third time that I've been there. The first time I went was a couple of years ago with Gary with the infamous double fairway miss and the opening hole. Um, oh, you've never talked about really, that. What happened there? No, I, I, it's actually just nothing really much. Let's just, let's just gloss over that. Um, but uh, that was a, that was a really brilliant trip that I, that I really enjoyed, but, um, but it was, it was kind of locked down. The town was empty. It was all like masks everywhere. You couldn't really get into bars and like, like without sort of having like, you know, plastic between you and other people. And it just wasn't very busy. And we'd only, we'd gone up literally just to play the old course and then, and then we got out of there. So we weren't like, we weren't doing the whole town. So it was a very different in, in, environment. Um, I went up in March again with, with Rob Cross for his two years late birthday and a, a group of us went up and it was, again, I had a fantastic time that trip, but it was very much one of those lads golf trips where we'd play one round a day and then we kind of just sit and eat or drink or kind of hang out. Whereas this is the first time I went in a pure flock trip where we're all as bananas as each other and we're all playing minimum 36 holes a day. We're having chipping competitions on the chipping greens. Like, oh, we literally, we woke up in the morning, we play golf all day and then we fell asleep to midnight having just played more golf. And that was really fun. I really enjoyed it. Do you want the good news, Crawford? What's that? Do you want the good news? What's that? Let's lay it down right now. Let's lay the marker down right now. The 2023 Mackenzie Cup under captaincy of yours truly is indeed going to be at the home of golf at St Andrews. Mm. What we're going to do is we're going to try and do what we did in 2020 and what we did again in 2021 and try and uh, source our links three days tickets. And for anybody that doesn't know what that is, you can basically get unlimited play for three days on all the St Andrews links courses barring the old course. So we'll figure out our competition based on that. And from there, we'll allow everybody to to sort out their balloting or their old course rounds. I think we had things like rounds at Ely, uh, rounds at Anstruther and everything all kind of mashed in there as well last time. Uh, I think last time we organised that most people were going up for the best part of a week and just spending a week playing 36 a day or whatever it is you want to do. But if you want to just come for the two days or the three days and play the competition, great as well. On dates themselves, it's probably going to be round about 
Easter next year. I'm going to do my absolute best to avoid the Easter weekend because a few people, particularly the parents, uh, have maybe uh, voiced their concerns about that. We've yeah, got so a we, very tight we know, window of time we know because the St Andrew's shoulder season finishes in mid-April and that's when the prices go way, way up. And uh, in March, it's all off mats and you don't want to be playing it off mats. So we've got about three weekends that we can hit um, to get it done properly and get it done the right way uh, next year. But my full intention is to have uh, the Mackenzie next year, not on Mackenzie courses, uh, but on, I think it'll be the new the Jubilee in the castle. Um, and I want everybody's last round to be in the castle because that is the truest sweepstakes of all time <laughs> um, to finish off a competition. <laughs> but yeah, if, if you have wanted to go to St Andrews and not been able to, if you've had it planned over the years and it's been kiboshed due to COVID or whatever, fret not, we will make sure that whether it's the first major of the year, the Mackenzie, or whether we need to mess about and make it September, October time for the Cock of the North or whatever it has to be, uh, we'll make sure uh, we're going to get up to St Andrews at some point next year as a as a flock group and properly, uh, as Crawford says, run about like a bunch of wains at Disneyland, um, but spending a hell of a lot more money. Uh, the one thing I will say is a um, uh, like the pros note is that now that it's busy, you realize that if you want to get into a table for a restaurant in the evening to get dinner, you have to book it like four days in advance. It's unbelievably hard to get unless a table. That's, there. Uh, unless it's Nando's and you just go by yourself, Matt. We just right, <laughs> like me and Aaron. Never. Did both of you go? Yeah. I would never let him go by himself. We were checking yeah. to the end, me and my man. Will, will, will Young joined us. Um, yeah. Not that Will Young, but yeah. Um, oh, can I so, can yeah. I just make a tale a little story about Will Young? So Will, American member of the flock, lives in London now. His first time in St Andrews, his first kind of trip away with all of us, and uh, had a really good time. And the last day we were there, we were playing the Eden course, and he plays off like nine or ten, and Will is off. Uh, he's off. Uh, he's three over gross on the seventeenth tee on the Eden, <laughs> and his tee shot on the Eden was so bad he toe hook topped it. So it went, it went thirty yards left along the floor, and he he got so angry with himself. He walked over with a three wood. He walloped his three wood straight ob, dropped a six iron inside the ob stake, and then hit the six iron ob. And you know, whenever he's a very kind of gentle, kind of nice guy, will but you know, whenever somebody just has a total meltdown on the golf course, and you know, there's a difference between I'm gonna go over and console somebody, and I need to just walk away here and give him a moment by himself. <laughs> so he. He went, he went bananas. And as I'm walking away, all I can hear behind me is him kicking his golf bag and all the clubs crashing onto the floor. So <laughs> he went, Crawford, lost his mind. The best time I ever had to do that was with you when we were playing the old course and you started, I think I'll, I'll probably uh, be embellishing this slightly, but I think you started something like seven, nine, eight, nine or something <laughs> along those lines. And you were getting quite frustrated after four. And I just didn't know what to say. Like I did because I, I couldn't exactly go all like the swings. You're putting good swings on it because obviously you're not. <laughs> and like I just like didn't know what to tell you. And I just kind of walked up to you and I was just like, Ah oh, well, it's a nice walk, isn't it? <laughs> like that's exactly what you want here after paying 180 quid to play the old course <laughs> on what is a public park anyway. It's, uh, it's a really nice walk, this isn't it? But um, obviously you being you kind of eased into the round as time went on. Um, so yeah, we've covered the Mac, we've covered St Andrews, we've looked at St Andrews uh, next year. Bunch of other things going on as well. We want to talk about the Order of Merit, the European Challenge, the Battle of the Bastards, the Scottish Annex Club 
Championship. Uh, and Aaron's got some other stupid additional questions, apparently, as well. Um, we wanted to kind of start off with this, and we'll, we'll kind of take things uh, towards a bit of a sombre note uh, for a little while as well. But uh, Crawford, you were today at uh, a funeral. Uh, for a flocker uh, who sadly, very sadly, passed away a couple of weeks ago. Uh, George Brown, one of the original flockers, uh, did really know George uh, too well myself. So uh, I'll let yourself, uh, Matt and Aaron, maybe speak a little bit about him. But um, first of all, Crawford, you know, how was the funeral and, and kind of what were your thoughts coming uh, away from that? Yeah, it was, um, it was tough. The funeral was beautiful. His family and his girlfriend just did an amazing job of, of this kind of, you know, celebration of life. Uh, and this young man, he was only 25, um, and uh, which was kind of heartbreaking. But it was, uh, so it was, a, it was a tough day. Um, George was, so when I, as everyone knows, I started the group in the No Lane Up, the refuge. I kind of come up with this idea. I said, does anybody fancy doing this? George is the first person, in, well, one of the first people, is George and Matt, really, in the, in the UK, they contacted me straight away and said, let's do something. And then we started a little WhatsApp group. Um, I think the three or four of us were talking and Mark as well. And um, uh, and then George came up to see me a couple of days later. He got the train out to my village and we went off and we played golf in my course in Essendon. So he was the first flocker that I ever met um, outside of um, uh, outside of the refuge. Uh, and then a couple of months later, we did the first Mackenzie, which was up at Albany in Murtown. And uh, and George drove us. So Mark flew over from Spain, and uh, George drove Mark and I up. It was like a four-hour journey up there and a four-hour journey back. So you know, it was a long time in the car, kind of getting to know George. And we were just listening to Nil and Up podcasts and having a lot of fun and laughs and giggles. Um, and ever since that kind of time, uh, George and I kind of got quite close. And we were like every time we we go trips, like we did a trip to Woodall Spa last year, and he came up again with me, and then we played Seacroft the next day, and then two of us drove home in my car. And that's the last kind of trip that I did with them last summer. And my abiding memory of that trip is the two of us laughing so much on the way home that I couldn't see to drive because I was crying with laughter so much. And that's kind of my memory of George is just having an awful lot of. Uh, a lot of flood last of them. He was a fantastic golfer. He played off like two or something, but honestly, he should have been like an awful lot lower than that. He's like, he'd smash the ball, like smash it 300 yards. Then he'd take an iron out and put it six feet to the to the pin and then miss the putt. And he'd miss 18 six foot putts in one round of golf. He was an unbelievable golfer and a shit putter. And you would stand there and go, do you need a wee bit of help with your putting stroke, mate? Just, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can sort you out. Any of us some tips? One of his friends told a great story today in the funeral and he said he was playing with them in, in October and he hit a, the, the guy, the friend hit a shot onto the fringe and then George stood up and hit a shot and while it's in the air George is like, oh my god, it's so bad, it's the worst shot ever and it lands about six inches next to the other guy's ball and the other his friend says to him, George, that's not so bad it's right next to mine and George says, yeah but I'm supposed to be good at this game <laughs> 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 so uh, yeah, I mean it was it was because I was heartbreaking today. It was not something that I ever wanted to have to do. And um, uh, I'm sure a lot of people that kind of played with them in the yeah. flock and we had very fond memories of George. And he was obviously, of 25 is absolutely no age. He'd had, he'd had, if I'm right in remembering, a few kind of health issues over the past year and stuff, which was stopping him playing golf. And, uh, you know, obviously devastatingly, the, the McKenzie, he was meant to be coming along to that this year. And that was meant to be his kind of... Uh, big return to golf, which which never which never happened, but he was obviously on the kind of 
hearts and minds of most of the guys and, and part of a lot of the conversations uh, at the McKenzie itself. It was very much kind of uh, played in his memory by the, the people that knew him, the people that yeah. played with him in the past. So he'll be he kind of solely, very, very uh, solely forgotten by the, the guys that had played with him a lot. I think, Matt, you'd played with him a good few times as well. I played with him, yeah, the first McKenzie. I played awkwardly with him. Um, and it was weird because it was my first kind of get-together. So I was driving up from Leeds going... Be a bunch of serial killers up here. No idea. There could be a bunch of weirdos. Not and like couldn't have been any further from the truth. And so George was one of the first guys that um, uh, that was sort of talking to and just sort of spoke at length. Um, I mean, it was 2019. It was like we were sat in Moortown um, after we'd played as well. And we were watching Tiger win the Masters um, with like a bunch of guys I'd never met before, and sort of George and I are hugging each other and cheering and all sorts it was like it was properly weird and then back to the hotel and we're sort of just chatting shit about everything in the hotel and it was just like always smiling um such like a, for the flock for such a well-educated guy just spoke really well spoke really intelligently just always had a smile on his face um and yeah like when when we got the news a couple of weeks ago um it was, I, I remember I was at work and I just kind of went numb. Numb and cold was the, probably the, the, the kind of the only way I could describe it. Couldn't get up out of my seat, couldn't walk. It was, it was horrendous. Um, but, uh, but yeah, well, we fondly, um, fondly remembered um, for the, uh, for the times we did spend with him. We, we are actually thinking about it. We're looking into doing uh, a little competition down in Cleve in June uh, and then starting like an annual thing of the George Brown Memorial Cup. Um, and uh, we'll let everyone know the details of that when it happens. It'll be to raise money for the British Heart Foundation, and it'll be on a, an event that's kind of open to everybody. So it'll be like members of Cleve and just anyone, just promote it as far and wide as we can get it. And um, I spoke to his family today about it, and uh, kind of sadly but also beautifully, I, I said to his girlfriend that we're planning to do this, and at the minute the date we're looking at is the 19th of June, and she started to cry, and she said the 19th of June is her birthday. <laughs> Um, so there's a weird little sign that um, yeah, just uh, George up there smiling at us so we're probably going to be that 19th of June we'll let everyone know the details whenever that comes in Right, well, next in the agenda, how do we bring this back up? Here's how we bring this back up. The Battle of the Bastards. Uh, next Friday, Friday the 13th of uh, May, it's going to be the second annual uh, England versus Scotland match uh, in the RACDG. RACDG, that's the one. Um, at Barassi, Kilmarnock Barassi. We've got 36 of us. 36, 32 of us, 32. Um, 16 on each team. England versus Scotland, we've got doubles and we've got match play and essentially the only reason I put this in the agenda is is to, to tell Team England that I'm going to absolutely fuck you up and <laughs> you're going to get mightily embarrassed uh, by this Scottish team. So um, yeah, this is just this is just me putting the hit out 
uh, on Team England uh, and letting you know that this is going to be an absolute and utter doing. A lot of people have been in and out of Team England. We've had a few dropouts. got so bad that Crawford got drafted into Team England, which is <laughs> bad is on the, a nationality scale. On one thing, even worse on a fucking golf scale, is the fact that Crawford's got drafted in. Uh, but other than that, really looking forward to that. That's next Friday, so we'll make sure we've got plenty of content, pictures, videos, and everything from that. But that's obviously for... Um, National nationality supremacy, and it's going to be the biggest Scottish defeat of the English ever since uh, the nil nil at Wembley. <laughs> I ha- to be fair, Gary, I hadn't heard that joke in weeks, so thank you so much for bringing it back. It's, mate, it's usually Sybil. It's uh, that's straight out of Sybil's wheelhouse. That one, um, and it's uh, it's always a favourite. And then after that, the last kind of one I've got is uh, a few weeks later, the third of June. Bunch of us heading to Gullen for the Scottish Annex Open, the RACDG Scottish Annex Open. Uh, we've got 44 of us playing 36 holes over Gullen 2 and 3. Uh, full-on competition there. I think a bunch of people like yourself, Matt, are coming up on the Thursday night. We've got a little knock round kill spin day on the Thursday night. There's a uh, golf at Craigie Law on the Saturday as well. Malcolm Duck, who, I don't know if you know this or not, Malcolm Duck is in the Scottish Annex and is a regular contributor in the Scottish Annex. Uh, but the the owner of the Ducks Inn, who you've probably seen uh, popping up on the uh, No Laying Up Scottish uh, Tourist Saw Seasons and in many other videos and that sort of stuff online, he's going to be putting us up on a Friday night. We've got dinner booked, we've got drinks and everything like that. But the, the absolute meat and potatoes of it is the 36 holes over Gullin 3 and Gullin 2. A little bit of added spice in there. On the first round at Gullen 3, uh, Kenny's in my four ball, and I've challenged Kenny to the match of all matches, right? So Kenny's off 14, and I'm I'm doing this big time with my fingers here. It's a podcast, but Kenny's off 14, uh, and I'm off three at the moment, but I've offered Kenny a stroke a hole. Um, so I've offered him 18 shots, 10 more than he should be getting off me, uh, uh, and to play stroke play against me. And the loser has to donate fifty pounds to a charity of the winner's choice. And I, I don't give a fuck about charity, right? See the charity stuff in that smoke screen. I want to embarrass Kenny uh, on the golf course. The problem with that is I found out, and this is breaking news. Breaking news. Kenny's chucked the blades. He's got <laughs> cavity backs now. And I'm not going to lie, a little bit scared. <laughs> I'm scared of what this might lead to in the 3rd of June you'll be so fine like your reactions to Kenny moving from two preferred extra oh. stiff shaft blades as a 14 handicapper to actually using game improvement clubs where does this leave us? I tell you what, he did say yesterday that that some of his irons now go more than 127 yards. So, like, I think I'd be very <laughs> afraid, Gary. Insert Carl uh, Pilkington bullshit moniker here. <laughs> <laughs> bullshit. Bullshit. The thing is, the only way is up for young Kenny. Uh, we'll get to the order of merit in a minute. But I was looking at the the rankings today. Shout out John Arshad and Gav for putting it all together. But I scrolled down, down, way past my name, way past Aaron's name, down past your name, eventually past your name as well, Cad, and got all the way to the bottom. And uh, hey, hey, I'm April, in the top quarter of the top twenty five percent of that today. Ah, so we say, <laughs> um, but right, right at the bottom, DFL dead fucking last Kung Fu Kenny. So. Tough month for Kenny, but you definitely uh, it was definitely that up. Kenny Hislop, not the other Kenny Hislop. I mean, there's. <laughs> Do you know what? That was news to me about two weeks ago. 
that was up. There's two Kenny Hislops in there. There's only there's only one Kung Fu Kenny. But there's <laughs> two Kenny Hislops in it's there. It's like it's like the um the Wayne in it. You got not OG Wayne and OG Wayne. You got OG Kenny and not OG Kenny. See, I've got them in, uh, saved. I don't know who's who, but I've got Wayne Box and Wayne Beard, and I don't know <laughs> is, is Box a name or has he got something to do with boxes? No, no, that's, that's his name. Beard, his name, or is he's he got something to do with beards? Podcast, yeah. but yeah, that's yeah. his name. Yeah, he's Box, but he's but he's not OG. He's not OG. Wayne Beard is OG Wayne. Wayne, and Wayne Beard is OG Beard. But Wayne Beard's not got a beard anymore, so no, he does. No, he's coming back. Off and it's, it's coming, coming back. back. Yeah. Fuck, because I was getting quite confused by the whole thing. But honestly, the first time I saw him without the beard, it just felt weird. I didn't, I didn't like it. So it looked like um, that the prince from Shrek. It was just that kind of <laughs> bosh. There he was. <laughs> it's a good looking cat, I tell you, but I just it just looks weird without the beard. He has a big like you know Rasputin beard normally, and suddenly he didn't have it. It just made me made me uncomfortable. Aaron, European awesome. challenge, talk to us. Here, give me one second, and I just I didn't, wanna, I didn't want to I didn't want to skip past Kenny. That video that he sent through yesterday, <laughs> a couple of days ago, was one of the top three pieces of content I've ever seen in my life, and I'm not talking about with an algorithm, right? That man is genuinely so like. Era that's so well spoken, his vocabulary is outstanding, and the sort of seriousness of that video, given the context and the, the delivery, I I think I've rewatched it like five times. It's just so <laughs> it's so compelling, and I haven't really seen want, it yet. I, oh, mate, get on, get on that. That is, and he, there's Mark, a follow up video as well. But drop, I, I drop the audio in. Fuck out of you. Hey, I, you I can hear I, it. I hope Gary, that he absolutely destroys you just because of that video. <laughs> I, I will be celebrating from here if he. I, I don't even want him to batter you. I want him to beat you in the last. I just want to see him holding on to your soul. He's got he's got a cavity back iron in his left hand. He's got your soul in his right hand. I'll tell you what, Aaron. My soul is much more forgiving, okay? My soul is more forgiving. But yeah, Mark, let's drop it in here. For everybody that's not heard it yet, here's the audio of uh, Kenny's apology video, which was wonderful. Good morning, Fuck. Many of you will know me as Kenny Hislop, um, and for the last two years I've been using Tour Spec blades. Um, a month ago I went to a Mizuno fitter and asked for a bit more forgiveness, and today I'm asking on the 13th tee of the Rosebank course, the flock for the same. Um, I have been using these Titleist CBs that I got um, from eBay for £100, and yeah, the difference is staggering. I can only say that I was seduced by the idea of doing things a little bit differently, which is something I've done my whole life. But I now admit that had I had these in the bag yesterday, I would have easily broken 100. Um, I'm currently 10 over through 12, um, you know, hitting it quite well off the whites. So, yeah. Um, so I would just like to make this statement to the flock on the 13th tee, which is a, a tee that holds a certain reverence, um, but I'm sorry to everyone who told me that I shouldn't use blades, uh, namely Gary Henderson, Ben L, Johnny Burpee, RIP, um, but yeah, that's the statement. I would just like to ask for some peace at this difficult time. Gary, which which um, which uh, track are you guys playing first, Gullin 2 or 3? So that's the thing. That's where I think I might have fucked it because we're playing Gullin 3 first and Gullin 3 is <laughs> a lot shorter and a lot easier and I'm giving him 18 shots. So essentially I need to shoot level par and he needs to shoot like 90 for me to win. 
And uh, he, he did shoot 103 at Dornock the other day, but... Uh, <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll Dornock's see. a bit harder than to get on three, though. Very up in there, but in the, the mortal words of Limmy, I said it, I threw it out there, I realised I might have been wrong, but don't back down, double down, right? Don't back down, double down. Don't back down, double down. Don't back down, double down. I'm waiting for you to, uh, to turn around and go, you know what, if Kenny beats me, I'll get his name tattooed on me instead. <laughs> Ah, uh, maybe do that. Actually, I'll see if I, if I can think of something equally <laughs> just terrible KFK. for him to do. Um, I'll think about it. Right, <laughs> Aaron, Europe Challenge. Talk to yes, us. right. Um, so this is something that has been. I'm not exactly sure who's conceived this. To be honest, I was just thrown into a group with a bunch David. of those that live it was, in Europe. It was you David Huber. It was David Huber. It wasn't Huber. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Huber. I mean, Sam. Sam seems to be taking the lead on it in the group. But regardless, um, the idea was that there were. I just into double figures of us living in Central Europe. Obviously, we've got Mark, who's producing and overseeing this in Madrid. Um, we've got a couple of boys up in the Netherlands, myself in Luxembourg, and we got a few in Germany as well. Um, and so they wanted to try and arrange a meet, which was as central as possible based on you know where everybody was. So they threw together a map. And essentially, somewhere about an hour east of me was the most central point based on where it's everybody Disgusting, lived. Northern European bias. <laughs> he hasn't I mean, said that, anything for 14 podcasts <laughs> that, that is that, that's the voice of mark the producer who constantly uh, puts out these podcasts never before spoken but just absolutely <laughs> vitriolic there with his description of our, our approach to trying to organize what is a friendly golf competition um mark i'm very sorry um that we are not willing to compromise everybody in the north to go down to you uh, although weather-wise it might be better. But um, to get back on track and just try and avoid the glare of Mark at the moment, um, we so we, we ended up settling on uh, coming to my place, which is obviously in Luxembourg, and trying to get one game close by as well. So um, you'll be you'll be glad to know the course is in much better condition than previous videos have suggested. The poison seems to have uh, disappeared from the greens largely. Um, but the idea is that this is going to happen in a weekend or over a weekend early in September. And uh, a few of the boys are going to travel and some people are going to stay at mine. Some people are going to stay at a hotel and we are going to have uh, hopefully three rounds over the weekend. I think a lot of people traveling on a Friday. I'll be working and I'll join. We'll play Saturday, Sunday, uh, maybe 36 on Saturday, I think. Um, and I've spoken to, to our place about sort of getting a deal. And so at the moment we've got, I think we've got five confirmed and a few people um, asking for permission and uh, it's yeah this is an open invitation to anybody else who has nothing better to do with a weekend in early September but come over to Central Europe and experience uh, a little bit I mean with these things it's never just about the golf a lot of it's about the company and uh, yeah it'll be, uh, be really nice to meet some of these guys for the first time and hopefully have a, a couple of good games and decent weather so this is going to be the inaugural Charlemagne Cup which will then be held every year is that right? that's right but I, I didn't want to say that because I don't know what that means you don't know what you know who Charlemagne was? No. Oh my god. First guy I learned about in my history degree, uh German guy, did did loads of stuff in Europe back in the ten hundreds. Um he, he he unified most of Northern Europe and then created the Holy Roman Hitler, Hitler's Empire. hero. So yeah. and that sort of rarefied there. He also he, he, I wouldn't, he, I wouldn't he call it the Hitler trophy. He famously impregnated so, Hitler Cup. He famously impregnated so many women that apparently one person of five in the whole of Europe is descended from Charlemagne. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently. 
Why do you just call it the Shagger Trophy? Yeah, the Shagger yeah. Cup? But apparently there's some, there's some mathematical thing about genetics that basically anyone who was alive back then were all descended from. Because... Is that not the same thing as well, Crawford? Uh, for you guys in Northern Ireland, uh, one in three people are all each other's brothers and cousins? No, no, we're all each other's brothers and cousins. There's no one in three. We're all literally <laughs> related. Everyone. Right, order of merit. If we talk, before we get to order of merit, before we get to order of merit, can I give one final shout out? For the Kaluna, the next major in uh, yes in July. Um, so we're sort of beginning to beginning to finalise some details. Um, I say finalise some details, finalise numbers, and kind of make sure we've got make enough for the day to uh, to go ahead as planned. Um, but effectively, we've got um, Hankley Common, um, great heathland track in uh, in Surrey, booked out effectively for the flock and only the flock. Um, so 36 holes. We need a minimum of 65 people to make it happen. At the minute, the list is looking good. Um, we have burned through a couple of couple of people on the reserve list um, as people have um, suddenly had to drop out. Um, but uh, but if you're interested, shoot me a message. Um, we're trying to get it all wrapped up by the by the end of May, get all payments in and square it up with Hankley so we don't have to uh, to worry about too much sort of leading into uh, leading into the Kaluna in, in mid-July. It's on July the 19th. Um, but yeah, hit me up if you uh, if you want some more information and want to get onto the reserve list, and I'm sure I'll uh, I'll be in touch as as we move towards the end of the month. Nice one. So and one thing just off the back of that, Gary, this is a bit of a random one, but myself, obviously, we when we went to St Andrews, um, got to know Will Young quite well and Tim Miller as well, South African lad, both living in London. But um, the three of us are planning at the moment provisionally to go off off the back of the Kaluna I'm going back home to Ireland for a couple of weeks and they're going to come with um, so essentially we're just going to take a car around and play a lot of Irish legacy courses and there'll be one space in that car if anybody is feeling like a three or four day Irish trip off the back of the Kaluna just fire me a message because there's space which which are you going like Holyhead Dublin and then going southwest or you going north and no, no, we're, fly, we're flying and, and going from mine okay so we're going uh, down. Uh, my idea would be down the east side and avoid the bottom half and just go across to Sligo and Escrome Carn and just do the, the sort of everything north of Dublin. I'm sure out of two hundred plus perverts that will listen to this, you'll find one to take a space in a car. There, absolutely is, no bother. Is that Tim Miller that is uh, to wrap it all round nicely to the start of the pod? The uh, is it great? Great great grandson or great grandson or whatever of Dr. Alistair McKenzie? Was that the yeah. great rumour that was coming out of out of the St Andrews trip? Yep. So he claims and like also related to Charlemagne. <laughs> Charlemagne, yeah. Oh, right, very quickly, because we're creeping up on the hour here. Order of Merit, I want to get one sentence from everybody on how the first month of the Order of Merit went. Do bear in mind, if you want to hear a little bit more about the Order of Merit, the Six Over Par podcast, I believe, are recording tonight as well. So they should have one of those out in the next couple of days, uh, probably round about when you hear this one as well. They'll deep dive into April in the Order of Merit. For me, finished tied 14th, started off with a 27 and a 28. It was going very shit. Then I hit a bit of form, finished off the month with a 35, 36, 37 and 38 pointer. Ended up with an average of 35.1 after my bonus points. Tied 14th place. Take it. Very happy. We move on. We go again. Aaron, talk to me. Is that your one sentence summary? That was it. It was a big okay. sentence, but yeah. Right. <laughs> um, well, to be honest, I wasn't that happy with my month, but I finished one place behind you. So perspective, we're all good. Fifteen, fifteen. <laughs> it's fine. We'll, we'll carry on. On to the next. Crawford. 
I had a I had a twenty one point at one stage, which just killed me. But other than that, I played okay. And I have to admit, I I say I I really like the extra bonus points you get for playing more rounds. I think it kind of really encourages you to. If you have a bad round, you kind of think, yeah, well, like- I can if I if I play another five rounds, I can do okay. Plus, I get the extra two points, and I think it's it's been a good addition. Just seen today that Connor shot a thirty nine pointer despite saying that he putted like shit. So May's going to be a fun month. Uh, Matt, what about you, April? Uh, epitome of consistency, being able to shoot between seventy eight and eighty four on any golf course in the world with my eyes shut. Um, <laughs> as fuck all when you're off three though. Um, so yeah, average score of basically thirty points every single round of golf I go and play. Um, finished, I think, with an average of 30.7 or something, including my bonus points. So, um, yeah, onwards and onwards and upwards as my sandbagging Love handicap goes up. <laughs> Love to see it. Now, Aaron, before we finished up, you had a couple of questions that you wanted to throw around the table. Did, uh, did I remember that I was going to do this? No, I didn't, but I will find them because I know that I had questions written. So I'm just going to keep talking until I can find the questions. And when I find the questions, then I'm going to, okay, there we go. Uh, question number one, <laughs> I want to pass this around. Mark, I would love to hear your response too, but uh, there were a lot of incidents which uh, over the, the past two months which stick out in my head. And so I wanted to ask the question, what is the most memorable thing you have seen on a golf course since the last podcast? Uh, we will start with Matthew, if you don't mind, Captain. Oh Christ! Um, most memorable. I think the round of rounds of golf, I have a, a a pretty boring. Nothing really memorable happens. Um, I think like the, the thing that sticks out is probably um, probably the round on the old course a couple of weeks ago, playing with Nick Smith on four hours sleep. Both got caddies. Nick absolutely flying as close to the sun as he can get, being three under at the turn, um, having never never seen St Andrews before. Um, and then proceeding to shit the bed on 16, mate, double, and then bogeyed 17 um, to, to finish level par for his first go around the old course. It's probably the most memorable thing. Um, yeah, and just seeing the utter delight on his face as he kept pouring putts in and knocking it to three foot every time. Nice one, thank you. And we'll go to Gary. Gary, what is the most memorable thing you've seen in the golf course since the last pod? Just James. <laughs> Just, just, okay, good. We'll move on. Cheers. Um, I don't think that needs that doesn't need any more clarification. No, just the, the, <laughs> the, the entire package of he played in front of us uh, at Reddish Vale, and after every time we crossed over, he gave me like a full running commentary of every shot that he hit. Or since I'd last seen him, literally four or five holes worth of shots. Um, played with him at Charlton, his home course, where he didn't give me any advice until my ball was midair. So one of them included me. Um, hitting a, a three-wood long left at a short par four after saying, it's OB right, I'm going to bail long left here because it's safe, and the ball got up into there, and they just went, there's water over there, by the way. <laughs> uh, so that, just just James, that's all, that's all I need, just James. You said his home course was what? It's called Charlton. What's James are we talking about here? Yeah, yeah, he's a member. Of, he's, oh, he's a, he has a St Andrews Links ticket, but his home course is a course called. Charlton. Just, he's a I'm member at Charlton, and he's a ticket holder at St Andrews. Is what he is. Everything I ever knew, you called into question in one sweat. <laughs> 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 you said that. I, I, I remember this vaguely again because I knew who James was. It's a bit of a folklore thing, but I was walking back down that ridiculous um, 16th hole towards the 17th tee, and he was standing on the 16th tee. And like without any sort of like context, he was walking off fifteen green, and he can correct me if this is wrong. And I think as he walked to sixteen t, he shouted, "This golf course is shite." Um, and I don't, 
but he wasn't he wasn't like in the middle of a swing or hitting a shot or reacting to something that happened yeah. in that moment. It was just like a sort of outburst. I, I, there's a uh, there's like, a lot there. Like Crawford speaks very very fast, and he's got a very very strong East Coast Scottish accent that even I struggle to comprehend sometimes. So there was times on Reddish Vale when I just we walked past me from about forty yards, and all I would hear would just be. Who's that? This guy's fucking yeah, fucking Phil doing a hilly. He's got a fucking man. Yeah, missed the putt and chipped up the fucking ash golf course. It's gone. Yeah, I, when we played, the old, we played the old course with him, um, and I'm stood two foot away, and he's he's talking to me. And I was like, mate, have you got subtitles? Because I have no idea what you're saying. And the caddy looks at me and went, no, this is what he said. I was like, oh, all right, yeah, cool. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Just... On that note, though, again, absolute legend for Balloton to get you onto the old course first oh, time, like yeah, first tee time out. Um, walking so down, as much as a joke, total gentleman, and that was a very nice thing to do. Yeah, walking down to the first tee, he's going right. Your name for today is this guy. Cool. He plays off plus four, <laughs> so you'll be absolutely fine. Brilliant. Yeah. Cool. Thanks very much. <laughs> right, and same question then to Cad. What is the most memorable thing you have seen? Since the last pod. Uh, okay, so a bunch of us went up to um, uh, uh, Castle Stewart at the end of March, and uh, oh, we're yeah. playing. Uh, uh, yeah, we're playing there with uh, Roddy McKay, who, when he hits a, a tee shot, he leaves none of it behind. He really gets all of it. So on the second ball, second hole is a par five. Roddy absolutely smashes it way left, and it goes up onto the seventh, the seventh fairway, which is like a way up the top of a hill with a big loaded gorse. So we all wander off the tee and Roddy just disappears up off the hill to go and try and find his ball. And we play down the rest of the hole and none of us have seen Roddy with what has happened. And then all we kind of hear is, it, like, I see the bush, the gorse bush just starts moving and shaking like there's fucking an earthquake going on. And we're like, what the fuck? I thought a goat had fallen through the gorse. And then all I hear from the middle of the gorse is, fucking ass shit, fucking ass shit. As he's but, getting, getting pricked by all the gorse bushes, man. Roddy's got really Roddy long hair as well. This is like one of those, the It's like one of those Bigfoot spotted videos. Because he's, he's a really hairy man as well. So it's one of those like grainy Bigfoot videos. I was I could, I was crying laughing at it. I was just watching this, this this and you'd see like one bush and then like the next bush would go in the next bush. He fell like thirty feet down a hill with his bag. Sounds like a good night out to be honest. <laughs> so yeah, it did make me laugh. It was funny. And to quickly answer my own question, Cad, I'll need your help telling this story a little bit. But Castle Course, St Andrews, you know, Cad will fight to the death to defend this course against its haters. Um, he was really keen on the cuisine. He couldn't wait to have lunch there. But we went to play it. Spent half an hour, I'd say, on the practice chipping green beforehand. Chipping green there is oh, yeah. fucking insane. Um, I lost two balls on the chipping green. Um, on the floor, never been seen again. <laughs> Provisionals at the warm-up. Um, but then by the time we get out, it's all right. I'm playing with Cad, Huber, and who was out with us, Cad? Cad you and Huber and who? Uh, was it Tim? Might have been Tim. Yeah, I think it was Tim, yeah, yeah. So um, the four of us went out. Um, the guy, the guy on the tee is like, don't look for any balls if you hit them off the fairway, you won't find them, blah, blah, blah. That's all right. Cad hits one uh, unbelievably left on two, um, disappears up into some sort of dune landscape, hits a shot. We see the ball come down, go short of the green, and he just doesn't reappear. Um, and we've all played our second shot. So we just sort of like timidly creep up to where the dunes are to see what's going on. And Cad's like, like doubled over, like sort of looks like he's heaving a little bit, like staring at the ground, heavy breathing, just genuinely wondering what's going on at this point. 
And he proceeds to tell us that for the second time in two days, he said significant palpitations after a shot. Um, so I have to take my trolley, no. give it to him, carry my bag for the rest of the round to make sure that he just doesn't like completely cope it. And um, but that wasn't the highlight. That was a precursor to what had what hole was it? Five was it five or six? Four, fourth of the four. Fourth. Right. So for anybody who's played the castle, that's a two tier green pin was in the top tier. It's par five, I want to say. Yeah, um, Huber, David Huber, right? <laughs> he, he's genuinely great company. Please spend time with him. He's hammered the ball. He hits the ball so far, but his putting. He also has the ball so far. He hammers the ball so far. <laughs> he humors the putt. Same at Ready Fail, by the way. Everything, everything 10 foot long was 10 foot past. And he kept going, these greens are so fucking quick, man. And I'm like, mate, they're easily like a four on this thing here. You're taking a full swing. Well, he hits, uh, he hits it. He leaves it 10, 15 yards short of the fourth green. And the pin is on the top tier, but it's downhill to the top tier, and then it falls downhill, and the green must be like ninety yards long, I'd say, to the back, and it's a significant slope. So he he takes this as you described, Gary, quite a significant backswing of the putter, hits the putt from off the green, fifteen yards the, short. The, the, the minute it leaves the club face, all you hear is this German accent going, "Oh fuck no!" no, no Crawford. The, the best part was exactly what he says is as he makes contact, the ball hasn't even started its journey. He goes, "What have I done?" <laughs> and the ball the ball seals off. Um, which leads to, and um, he he will contest this, but it leads seven to a it. seven putt. Seven <laughs> fucking hell! I mean, I'm, I've um, got nothing to say. I I knocked it long of the pin and like five jacked it because I degreened it with my first one because I didn't get it up the slope and then didn't get was, it back onto the green the second David time. David was so consistently bad with putting it way past the hole that it's turned into a verb. So from now on in the flock, whenever you you've got like a ten foot putt and you hit it fifteen foot pie, you've hoobered it. That's what it's called. <laughs> He's hoobered the putt. Last, Mark, do we do we have an answer for that for you, Mark? Have you seen an interest in the golf course recently? If you don't mind. No, I haven't, I've had I've had actually a really good last month. Yeah, I was in the UK, played a lot of good courses. Um, particular, I mean, we won't go into the Berkshire just for my safety here, but uh, particularly Royal Porthcourt, we went down with um, Rod, Gibbo, and Evan actually. And Evan is a really good golfer. Played one of the best bunker shots I've seen in my life. Yeah, I saw, saw the video. That looked pretty cool. Yeah, uh, Gibbo graced us in his plus fours that day, so that was a highlight. That is just perfect. So should I just quickly say, if anyone hasn't, so Evan is an American. He's a member of one of the flock um, groups over there, and he's come over. He's basically given his job up and come over to the UK for three months to just drive about, travel about, and play golf. So at the minute, he's kind of, I think he's just heading up north now. He's been doing the kind of southeast for the last while, and now he's heading up north. So he's on a massive um, pilgrimage. What a guy. I think he's, uh, he's playing a couple of rounds up north with us as well, but imagine like chucking your job, giving it all up, Flying halfway across the world to play golf, and then you fucking turn up and Rod's there. What? What an absolute! Listen, I didn't want to say it. Shout right, out one, one more question before we wrap. Um, and you know, this part, this this group is ever evolving. Lots of um, lots of turnover, but lots of people through the door since we last had a pod. Tell me, in as succinct terms possible, what is your favourite emerging bet from the group? Manny Les confusion. <laughs> Easy, good answer. Um, that's got some legs. That'll, that one will run. Uh, Pat, your favourite emerging bet from the group? 
Oh, Cat's frozen. Or he's just very Brilliant. happy. One of the two. <laughs> he's gone. Brilliant. He's gone. He's gone. That, that was my favourite bit is when Cad disappears, Matt. What you? Um, I, I think mine's coming out of the um, out of the Oom chat, really. And it's, I don't know if it's emerging, if it's, but it's, it, it, it's Connor. Um, Connor in the Oom chat is just an enigma. Um, just, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I can't make out if it's an act or if it, if he's genuinely it's not serious. It's not, definitely not. I thought it was. I thought he was a shit houser. I thought he was in the wind up. I spent about twenty minutes talking to him at the Mac. Completely genuine. It's one hundred percent. Does not have a clue how much he's winding people up, and I've got nothing but respect for it. It's just, it's just ongoing. But I will say, I beat him this month in the Oom, so I'll, yes. I'll take that as a win. <laughs> And Crawford, Crawford, are you still frozen or have you got your favourite bit of uh, emerging chat? My internet's just gone up and down here often. So what was the question? I didn't get the question because you all froze. The question was, what is your favourite emerging bit from the group at this time? Um, I think there's a couple of them. I think one of them is that um, uh, it's important to understand that two people playing the scramble get two shots. Fuck off. It's, it's like, it's two... <laughs> Every shot they get to have a go at it twice. Like no one, why does no one understand that? Right? Definitely, that's that's one of them. And um, what was the other the other bullshit that I was talking about the other day? Oh yeah, watching There's porn. So much work. of it. Who knows? <laughs> porn. No, uh, another uh, contender has to be uh, agronomy qualifications as well. It's, it's definitely been up there recently. The one thing I'm glad about is it's moved on from Tuesday pins at the old course. It hasn't been mentioned Thank for Christ. a little while. So, yeah, I'm thankful because it always used to be, I'm going to play the old course on Tuesday and, like, it'd be the bat signal for James. Oh, don't want to play the old course with Tuesday pins. Don't want to do that. You nearly tried, You nearly went for an accent there, Matt, and then you stopped halfway <laughs> yeah. through, didn't you? You went, oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing a Scottish accent here. Summoning my Scottish uh, right, roots. Lads, with that being said, we're one hour, ten minutes in. I think that'll be about everybody's limit in listening to us. So we'll wrap things up there. Anybody get anything they want to sign off with, anything they want to throw in, any little nuggets, anything fun coming up in the next couple of days or couple of weeks. Uh, Aaron, start with you. Uh, no, I just as I said, I just can't wait to see Kenny eat your soul. That's it. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, Cad, uh, I'll see all the boys in Ireland next week. Heading over to Ireland for a few days. Happy days, Mister Weep. No, just looking forward to kind of seeing people. At, we got Sunningdale at the end of May. We got obviously then Gullen um, and the King of the Castle up in uh, in North, Northumberland. So good to spend a lot of time with uh, with with some of the flock and uh, play some shit golf. Yep, lots of fun times coming up soon. Uh, I will guarantee by the next time that we do a podcast, Crawford, I will have broken par. It's coming, it's happening. Might mean we need to wait a wee while before the next podcast, but it will happen, uh, I think, in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, all that being said, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. If you've taken a little bit of time out, hope you've enjoyed it um, and hope we'll be back to speak with you again very soon. Thanks very much, Aaron, for giving us a boot up the arse to do this. Uh, to Matt for taking the time out to come on for his three-peat and for Crawford, uh, as always, for showing up and uh, bearing your soul with us uh, once again. Uh, and to Mark on all the uh, buttons and for actually contributing this time from all the way over there in sunny Spain. So, yeah, thanks very much, guys, and we'll speak to you all again very soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Also, Gary, can you add me back in the Scottish chat? I might overreact to the little bit this morning. <laughs>